Here's a message from Ken Lavica. The Baltimore Ravens might not have the greatest year, and they lost last night. Whose fault is it? I can tell you one thing. To pin the blame solely on Lamar Jackson is idiotic. Coquel hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. No, no, no. Stick around. Hang out with us. Cool. Yeah, we'll stay and hang around with you. Stream the show on the free ESPN app or on your Alexa, Google, or Siri smart speaker. Turn it up! Turn it up! Spin your lunch with Ken by calling 888-760-3776. Are you crying? Oh, my Lord. I am sorry, honey. Please don't. Could you get your daddy on the phone? Don't hang up, please. I- From the Anajar and the Bean Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, it's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. You just knew it was going to happen. If the Ravens lost, and the Ravens lost a tight one, and Lamar made a mistake late in the game, the blame was going to be put, and the focus was going to be on Lamar Jackson. Alas, here we are. Ken Levick alive featuring Coquel. It's a Tuesday. Indiana John Levine Accident Attorney Studios, downtown West Palm Beach, Phillips Point Towers, right off of the sparkling and suspicious Intracoastal. We're on ESPN 106.3, the free ESPN app, and on your smart speaker. Monday Night Football, the first edition of Monday Night Football in 2021. And it's just nice to know that some things never change. And that thing that never changes is if the Ravens are in a close game and Lamar, who's tasked with doing everything, happens to make a mistake that... All of the discussion is going to be about whether or not Lamar Jackson cost his team. And here we are. So, overtime last night in one of the weirdest, I mean, one of the single weirdest Monday night football games that uh, that you're going to see. And the Raiders, who had a 14-0 lead at one point, end up falling in overtime to the Raiders. Derek Carr throwing a touchdown with nobody around in a 33-27 win. Now, all of this was preceded by a Ravens possession after they picked off Derek Carr in the end zone. And let's listen to the Monday Night Football call. And again, this was on ESPN. But let's listen to why there is a lot of discussion today about Lamar Jackson and about the Ravens offense. This is what has drawn the ire of America. Drake picked up the pressure all alone is Zay Jones, and he will prance into the end zone for the touchdown and the victory in overtime for the Raiders, and this celebration is for real. That was the Raiders' touchdown. Now, let's hear what preceded that touchdown. This was the Ravens with the football, and this is Lamar Jackson, who had the football and then didn't have the football. Jackson trying to get out, can't do it. He's taken down and it's out. And the Raiders have recovered it. So yeah, was it sloppy? Sure. Just like us playing sound, was it sloppy? Yeah, sure. 
I mean, you didn't really tell me what order we were going in. I was flying kind yeah. of blind there. Yeah. Now, I mean, I, again, was it sloppy on, on on my end and Lamar's end? Yeah, but that doesn't define a man. CSI, and that's the point I'm trying to make. CSI Miami was just here. There's a lot going on here, Kenny. But yeah, you're going to blame Lamar for that? Is this what we're going to do every single game? We're just going to constantly attack Lamar? Yeah. How about we attack the defensive backs? You know what? When you're in bunch coverage, you can't all be lined up on the same level or else you're going to run into each other. And if you're going to line up like that, banjo cover it, Ken. You can't do that. Well, That's what happens. Let's listen to Dominique Foxworth, who is a smart football mind. And he was on Get Up this morning, and uh, he was discussing Lamar Jackson. And uh, he basically said that... Uh, when when you have an offense like the Ravens, Lamar can't go for broke. It's either all or nothing. And for me, I completely disagree with that. The reason you have Lamar Jackson is so you can go for it. The reason you have Lamar Jackson is so you can get the job done and come up with the spectacular play. And you can also ensure that when things break down, which they consistently do around Lamar Jackson, especially this season, that he can put points on the board. This is Dominique Foxworth about the Ravens offense and Lamar Jackson. It's rough. It's, it's so up and down. It's like an EKG watching them when they go out there because it's the most exciting thing you've ever seen. And then Lamar's holding on to it too long. I want to see Lamar. I was watching last night the mega cast and Dan Orlovsky kept making the point. Take what they give you. And Lamar's got to take those little snacks. He doesn't need to turn every play into a, a, a three-course meal. Just go ahead and take that four that four yard check down and line up again. It's what every But I don't. And again, that was Dominique Foxworth this morning on, on Get Up. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, take take the snacks like Dominique Foxworth puts it, but Lamar goes 19 of 30 for 235 yards, a spectacular touchdown throw where he should have been sacked 17 times and found Hollywood Brown in the back of the end zone to make it 14 nothing in the second quarter. That dime also set up the other touchdown that he threw to Sammy Watkins. Uh-huh, that, that was maybe his best throw of the night was that throw, uh, that deep throw to Sammy Watkins. And we're going to talk about just take the little pieces. When you score 27 points on the road, you should win. But this is what happens when Lamar is involved. You don't talk about the Ravens' defense. Or the fact that he drove them down to a game-winning field goal with 27 seconds left, but the defense allowed them Mm -hmm. to come back and get into field goal Mm -hmm. range. Exactly. That's what we should be talking about. You don't talk about the Ravens' defense. You don't talk about the non-existent Ravens' offensive line. You talk about Lamar because he is asked to do everything in this injured and what kind of looks like maybe poorly constructed Ravens offensive line. My biggest takeaway from Monday Night Football last night is that it wasn't Lamar Jackson's fault. The Ravens' loss was not Lamar Jackson's fault. What was your biggest Monday Night Football takeaway? 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776, and tweeted us at ESPN West Palm. What was your biggest Monday Night Football takeaway? Again, the discussion's going to be about Lamar Jackson because he's the former MVP and he's the face of that franchise. But last night, Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson absolutely unequivocally did enough to win the game. That touchdown throw was magical. His long ball to Sammy Watkins was fantastic. He managed the offense, and he put them in a position to win. You should not be getting a game-winning field goal with 27 seconds left 
and then watch the other team get itself in a position to tie the game and go to overtime. That is absolute silliness. It should not happen in the NFL. Lamar Jackson, straight up Coquel last night, did his job, and he did it over and over and over again. What I do love, though, that Lamar can be the only person who I agree with saying this. After the game, you saw him on the bench saying, that's on me because he fumbled. The fumble. yeah. but it, which it really wasn't on him because the, the defensive ends had the tackles. They were like turnstiles. Mm-hmm. They were going through. They were in his face. He only had a yeah. second. He really just stepped up, yeah. and Nassib just made a great play. There's nothing any quarterback would have done. An average quarterback would have been sacked 12 times in that game. Sure. But I do love that he took that saying, that's on me. And does he try to extend plays too often sometimes? Yeah, sure. I think that's a, a valid criticism of Lamar Jackson. But if he isn't capable of doing that, if he doesn't do that, what are the Ravens? And this is why Lamar Jackson is a transcendent talent. And this is why he is an MVP candidate. But I also think this is why he can be underappreciated. Because you forget how dynamic he is. Because last night, you forget about the ridiculous touchdown throw. You forget about the long ball on a dime that Sammy Watkins probably should have scored on last night. He needs to evade that final tackle and get into the end zone. You forget that because, oh, look, the guy who doesn't look or act like an NFL quarterback coughed up the football. And that's where you get that stuff from Dominique Foxworth. Oh, the offense is inconsistent. Maybe so, but it did way than enough to win. More than enough to win. Also, don't forget, there's a lot of those plays that should have been, again, a sack that would have put them at second and 14 off schedule, so you Mm -hmm. can't take those little things that Foxworth is talking about, but he makes them a three-yard gain. No one talks about those little three- and four-yard gains he gets on plays that should be losses, which now you're at a net seven yards when you're a team that needs to stay on schedule like the Ravens. That's a game changer. Totally. Uh, now I am uh, becoming increasingly aware that I may have uh, I may have have really screwed you up, uh, thwarted you as we try to successfully navigate this radio show. Could you could you see real quick if we have Keyshawn Johnson from First Take earlier today? Oh, of course, about okay. car. I yeah. mean, I'm all over that, Kenny. <laughs> because I um I do think that I may have tried to torpedo Coquel's chances at succeeding in this uh, in this show today. So I apologize, but also I need all of you, before we go to the phones again, and, and I, I want your takeaways from Monday Night Football. My takeaway is that was not Lamar Jackson's fault last night. 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. Here's Keyshawn Johnson's takeaway from last night's game from first take today. Keyshawn, hello? Keyshawn? Keyshawn, are you here? Did we lose Keyshawn? <laughs> we did. Did I really torpedo you? I don't know. I'm pushing the button that pushes play and nothing's happening. That is spectacular. Key, it's me. It's Coquel. We need you, Key. Nope, nope, that didn't work All right, either. Cool. All right, well, we'll get to that in a moment. This is off to a banner, banner start. Let's just go to Mark and Pompano, who we're going to task with saving the show. Mark, can Mark, you tell us what Keyshawn said? <laughs> uh, Mark, can you save us, please, because we're a disaster. Mark, you're on Ken Levick Alive. Keyshawn said that Marlon Humphrey completely thought it was a run play last night and just didn't, didn't get it. I thought it kind of killed me. Because they went out with the field goal unit immediately. They're like, all right, we're not, we're not throwing another ball. Yeah. We're not getting another pick. We're not doing this again. And then they got the delay of game. So then they ran their offense back out. And 
the entire defense is like, all right, they're going to run, get the five yards back. And they just completely blew the coverage. Zay Jones is wide open. Yep. It was, it, that was crazy. I mean, there was, did you, I don't know if you were watching the, uh, the uh, Peyton and Eli uh, megacast, but Russell Wilson, when that play happened, he almost fainted. He couldn't believe that there was oh, not yeah. anybody within 30 yards of him. Oh, it was completely open. And like Coquel said, when they have two guys at the same level, they kind of crossed each other's paths. And then from that moment on, Zay Jones was just it was gone. It was just dead at yeah, that point. You have to spread out your defensive backs. You can have one guy in true man coverage in the middle. The two outside guys have to be at different levels, meaning different depths, so they don't run into each other. And they do what you call as a banjo coverage, meaning I got the guy who goes this way, you get the guy who goes that way. We don't care if they cross or whatever happens. Whoever ends up in your zone, that becomes your man. They they ended up smashing the banjo, and then nobody was covering anybody. Uh, What was your, Mark, what was your your biggest takeaway from Monday Night Football last night? I mean, again, Lamar Jackson, he's just so polarizing because he's extremely dynamic, he's extremely talented but he's not stereotypical yep. for a quarterback. Uh-huh. And I'm not going to lie. Everyone's like, oh, hold in the pocket, be a Tom Brady, be an Aaron Rodgers. But you would not have made it to overtime if he held on to the ball. And, yeah, he's young. He's a little – he's not unexperienced, but he kind of has a tendency to, you know, try to go for it and make something out of nothing. And there are times where maybe you should take a sack as opposed to throwing something crazy, like just like Baker Mayfield. He should have probably taken that sack. I know he's yeah. trying to go out of bounds, yeah. but – through a really consequential pick, but you can't blame that on him. He nope. doesn't have a glorified number one wide receiver. Sammy Watkins is good. Hollywood Brown is good, but there, there's not a whole lot of assets there. He's really turning something out of nothing. And that you offensive line was dreadful last dreadful. night, and appreciate the call, Mark. Look what Mark. Diggs did for your guy Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the difference. That's him, what he needs. Made him a certifiable elite-level conversation quarterback. Speaking of elite-level conversation, here is we have we finally reconnected with him or we just plugged our computer back in this is Keyshawn Johnson from get up this morning on Derek Carr and I promise you this is not satire we talk about elite quarterbacks right okay you talk about statistics statistics are like oh my god well he's leading the league after week one so I think that puts him in an elite category not only that over the last three years week one but over the last three years look at his numbers with John Gruden. Yeah. it ain't been his fault that the Oakland Raiders have been not making the playoffs. He's done everything capable. Yes, Patrick Mahomes is at one level. Aaron Rodgers is at another. Tom mm-hmm. Brady, Russell Wilson. Right. But you can't tell me when you get to five, six, seven, mm-hmm. there's a top level, then there's another level, Stephen A. Mm-hmm. He's at that other level. Derek Carr. Derek Carr is who Keyshawn Johnson is talking about. And Derek Carr is being made to be an elite quarterback per Keyshawn Johnson. Look at his numbers since John Gruden took over. Well, Coquel, I did. Let's actually find out and discover together if Derek Carr is an elite quarterback or if Keyshawn Johnson is simply reacting to one wild, fun game last night in week one of an NFL season on his broadcast network. Here are the numbers. John Gruden took over the then Oakland Raiders in 2018. Derek Carr that season finished eight, uh, 12th in passing yards overall, mm. 22nd in oh. touchdown passes, okay. and he was top 10 in interceptions. All right, that's not bad. Not bad. Not As bad. in top 10. As least. in top 10 in not throwing interceptions. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yes. okay. Yes, that was very cumbersome the way I put it. Thank you for uh, clarifying that. I'm bad at talking. 
In 2019, Derek Carr, eighth in passing yards. All right. Uh, 20th in touchdown passes. Mm. And then he regressed. He was 12th in interceptions thrown. But he was one of the most accurate passers at over 70% that's in good. the NFL. All right, that's good. Judging by the touchdown passes, it sounds like they changed the offense to dink and dunk because they didn't believe in him. But, you know, that's not what we do with elite quarterbacks, but go ahead. Uh, so, again, let's recap. 2018, 12th in passing yards, 8th in passing yards in 2019, 22nd and 20th in touchdown passes in 18 and 19. Then there's last season. And by the way, in 2018, the Raiders went 4-12 and 12, and then 7-9 and nine the following year. Then, last season, Derek Carr, 11th in passing yards, 11th in touchdowns, 11th in interceptions, 11th in completion percentage, and the Raiders went 8-8. Eight and eight. So, do any of these numbers, Coquel, scream to you that in any way, shape, or form, Derek Carr has been elite? under John Gruden, that Derek Carr has been anything but average to above average. Yeah, he's a pretty good quarterback, he's, a guy you yeah. can win a couple games with. He's he's a decent quarterback, but he sure as bleep is an elite, like Keyshawn Johnson is trying to make you believe. That is asinine. On national television, Keyshawn Johnson just tried to, without any sort of actual support, tell you, the American public... That Derek Carr, because he threw for 435 last night and won a game in overtime on Monday Night Football, that he's an elite quarterback. That's insane. That's insane. If that's your takeaway, that you think Derek Carr is an elite quarterback, that's foolish. What is your takeaway from Monday Night Football? Me, it's not Lamar's fault. I know that it sure as hell shouldn't be uh, the take of Keyshawn Johnson that Derek Carr is an elite quarterback. But what was your biggest takeaway from Monday Night Football? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And you can tweet at us at ESPN West Palm. Another takeaway of mine, I may just watch every Monday Night Football game with Eli and Peyton. That was fun. It was fun. Night. I enjoyed it, and I enjoyed the nerdy breakdown, and I apologize for going nerdy on the breakdown before with defensive backs. But when I'm watching a game, I don't have the attention span. This little cube that I hold in my hand that drives me absolutely – it's more of a rectangular prism. Mm-hmm. Let me get back yeah. into that mode. Yeah. Um, it drives me absolutely nuts because I keep getting distracted by it. I missed having the play-by-play guy call me back in because I would start listening to them talking, and I would start looking around. So you wanted Steve Levy to reset things for you. Or like they should be like the color analyst in between the plays. Like jump out, but like right as the ball is about to be snapped, give me Steve Levy again. I liked the fact that in real time – you're getting breakdowns of what the situation is like for the quarterback. How do you line up the offense? Uh, what is the dialogue between coach and player as it's happening? It's like when ESPN does the college football megacasts well during the playoff, except you're going to get this every single Monday night. Could they use a, and this is going to be uh, come off as a pun, I promise, but this was the first word that came into my head. They could use a quarterback to direct traffic on this Peyton and Eli megacast, but overall, those two guys are hilarious. Eli might be funnier than Peyton, and it's just good content. If you can get yourself out of the mode of how you consume football traditionally, 
on television, I think you can really, really be into this. And I think that that's gotten rave reviews today. That's one takeaway from Monday Night Football. Is I think ESPN's on to something with Peyton and Eli doing that alternate broadcast during the course of the game. It's definitely a ton of fun. I just think it needs to be tinkered with a little bit. But I guess anything that's brand new, you got to give it time and tinker with things sure. and, and make a couple changes. Going back to your car being elite and uh, Lamar not being able to win take, that mm-hmm. seems to be everywhere. Over the last two years, I just had their I pulled up their their stats. We always hear Lamar's not um an accurate passer, right? Yeah. He's yeah. got a sixty six percent quarter accuracy rate. Derek Carr is a sixty eight. That's the big yeah. difference between elite. Touchdown passes, who do you think is gonna have more? You ask most people today, they're gonna say Derek Carr clearly threw more touchdown passes. That's Lamar. Lamar by fourteen. Fourteen more. Sixty two touchdown passes over the last two years for Lamar. People forget that he's throwing touchdown passes. Yep. Interceptions. Derek Carr, 17. Lamar Jackson, 15. Derek Carr might have had an elite week one. There is not a single number you can look at to tell you, nor a single season you can look at where the Raiders have had success to tell you that Derek Carr is an elite quarterback. What What is Keyshawn Johnson talking about? Besides that last drive in the overtime play, which was clearly just a pick play, the guy was wide open, what made you feel that he was elite? Like During the game, yeah, watching nothing. the game, I wasn't like, oh, man. Like When I watched Mahomes play, I'm like, oh. Mahomes got the ball. They're yeah. down 20. It doesn't matter. They're going to win. He's the best player in the world. I don't feel any of that watching Carr play. Derek Carr threw 56 times last night. He was 43 of, or 34 of 56 for 435. It's good. It's really good. Does anything about Derek Carr scream to you elite? No. 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 Especially under Gruden. Gruden, not an elite coach. He might be an elite name, not an elite coach. Derek Carr, not an elite quarterback because he's associated with John Gruden. Just no. Gruden is perfect for Vegas, by the way. Oh, Just yeah. it being a sideshow and the fans dressing up in their cute little costumes and whatever they do, <laughs> like it's it is the perfect match for them. And that Vegas, that stadium was perfectly built. I love that we have a team there. Gruden's perfect. I, if I was a team anywhere but Vegas, I would not hire John Gruden at all. I would take anyone over John Gruden. He's a showman. I mean, this is the the prototypical John Gruden quote after the game. If you could have given me like three or four guesses about an analogy that John Gruden was going to make, it would be this one. Felt like I died and, and woke up and died again, and I was like a cat. Like I had a, multiple lives tonight. Like a cat. I don't like playing lives. like that. It was um, um, tough, but um, again, we, we did a lot of really good things to win that football game tonight. Multiple lives. Caliendo does a great Gruden. Because there's no way an NFL coach went on a post-game show. I was, I was like a cat, man. <laughs> Multiple lives, man. Yeah. Are we sure that wasn't Caliendo? <laughs> what was your biggest takeaway from Monday Night Football? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. On Twitter, at ESPN West Palm. Real quick, Paul Parr tweets, both teams look like they're playoff contenders last night. I feel like the Ravens need to be careful expecting too much from Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. The Ravens are going to ask Lamar Jackson to do absolutely everything. And that's a problem. Even look at the second half of that game. The beginning of the game, you could tell they're like, all right, well, we're not going to do the design runs to Lamar. And whoever called, I accidentally hung up on you, but that's my bad. Um, you can go back 888 It's about par for the course for how the first 23 yeah. minutes have gone. I hit the wrong button. <laughs> um, but you look at that game, you could tell they didn't want to have designed runs for him. And by the second half, they're like, 
Eh, save us, Lamar. Mm-hmm. Like, we need Come you on, to do Superman, this. please. And then we're going to say that you shouldn't do it, but we just need you to do uh-huh. it because we're not going to win without it. And that is what opens him up to criticism because the Ravens want him to save the day at all times. The job got done. They put up 27 points on the road in that building. He left the field kicking off up three with 27 yeah. seconds left. I mean, that's all you need to know. Like that, It should have been a done deal right there. Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel. It is presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. I saw my guy, Dr. Jim Reardon, last night, and he is a happy man. Why? Because they just keep finding success with the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Elite level internationally, elite nationally, elite in the state of Florida. You're talking about one of the best MBA sport management programs worldwide. And uh, Stephen Minicello, uh, who was in the FAU MBA Sport Management Program last year, he is now the manager of corporate marketing for the Pittsburgh Penguins. The hits just keep on coming for the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. That's FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. It doesn't matter if it's the Penguins. doesn't matter if it's the Dolphins. doesn't matter if it is high-level college athletics, local sports. George Lindley, the guy in charge of the Palm Beach County Sports Commission, All of these people and all of these different sports jobs in this genre, they have an MBA in sport management at Florida Atlantic. They even get it done on the field at FAU. Two students in the FAU MBA sport management program, Chase Laster and Jordan Helm, combined for a turnover in the blowout win over Georgia Southern on Saturday. I mean, they can't stop doing winning things. It's the FAU MBA sport management program. FAU.edu slash MBA sport. Sign up for spring semester classes, either on campus in Boca or online. That's FAU.edu slash MBA sport. The FAU MBA sport management program. Wedding proposals and cats and how did we get here? It's just college football, folks. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3.